The following podcast is rated D for dumb. You're listening to Dumbing It Down with Dave, the fastest podcast on earth. Listen to Dave commute to and from work on the New York State Thruway in his 2008 Kia Rio LX. He talks about pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all. Join Dave as he asks and tells you how life ought to be. And now, here's Dave. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Dave Canyon here, your one and only solo podcast host. Are you ready to dumb it down with me? I'm going to try to dumb it down. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, great. It's pretty much the same response every time. You guys never waver. They're always right there for me. I really appreciate that. All right, folks. It is, um, I am leaving the job right now. What time is it? It's uh, 6.57 a.m. It's a very early, it was a short night, early uh, uh, night for me. And uh, that's fine. I'm losing money, but I'm gaining time. That's always the trade-off. Time and money. Time and money. I either have a lot of money and very little time, or I have. Uh, I never usually have a lot of time and very little money. Uh, usually, I just have a lot of uh, not enough money and not enough time. But whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's like you got to really make a lot more. You got to make. You can't just cut coupons. You can't just recycle nickels. You know, nickel bottles. You got to really eliminate something. Or you got to really add on something. So I don't know how many years ago we eliminated the mortgage, my wife and I. We eliminated it. We paid it off. It took us uh, almost 20 years. Should have taken us 12 years. Should have taken us 10, 15 years. Whatever. But we didn't. It took us almost to the end. I think it was like a little bit less than 20 years. We didn't do that whole thing where you add $10. We didn't have enough money to do that. Even though I worked a second job, a third job. I shut off the electricity. Not that I shut off the electricity. I lowered the heat. We didn't run the air conditioning. We, we, we walked around in our underwear in the, in the summer. We, we bundled up. We wore uh, hoodies in the wintertime. We did all these different things that we could. I used to put my son... Am I talking too fast? Thank you to Alex Exum at the top of the show for that intro. Thank you, Alex Exum, alexexum.com. And also thank you to uh, Linda from Awesome Insanity Surfers for the AI voices she supplies to the show. Uh, eventually, I'll get a script to her. A script to her, and we'll start doing a lot more. There'll be a lot people, a lot more people involved in the show. But thank you for everybody who does get involved. And uh, I used to put my son. This is how poor I used to be. Well, this is how poor I used to act. I wasn't. Hmm. Now that I'm saying it, it's an interesting thing. How poor was I, and how poor was I acting? How was I responding to my lack of funds? One time we were at the mall, the Hudson Valley Mall. My son went on this ride. I forgot how old he was. Three, four years old. Does he know that I'm putting a quarter in the machine and the machine shakes? Does he know? How does he know? He doesn't know what a quarter is. He's three. He's four. Do you know what I did? I helped him onto the ride. I stood to the, like a little bit to, to the side and behind him. And with my left hand, and he couldn't see it, I just started shaking the machine. I was like, whoa. He was like, hee hee. I was like, whoa, look at you. That's how poor I think we were. That's how poor I was acting. That was about 19 years ago. It's a lot different now. But the, the difference was paying the mortgage. That was the difference. You know, 600, 700, 800 a month, 150, $200 a week. That was the difference. Bam. It wasn't when the dogs died. Because we, I remember the first time we had dogs. Well, we've, we've only had two dogs. And after the first dog died, I mean, of course we grieved. We grieved. But I did say, and I did think, I thought it, then I said it, of course. Wow, we're going to, we're saving a lot of money now. Without this dog, without their food, without the medical bills. 
Uh, that didn't happen. Then the second dog died. So now we're down two dogs. And the second dog was bigger. He ate a lot more than the first dog. These big 40-pound bags of uh, Ukanuba or Iams, you know, whatever that phony bologna special, uh, you know, potato and fish, you know, diet. It was like, you know, super expensive. And the medical bills and all that. I mean, they weren't sick dogs. But, you know, you're plodding along. You're pl- plodding. Yeah. You're, you know, you're, you're moving along, moving along. And all of a sudden, bam. Dogs. Dog got cut. Dog's sick. Whatever. Dog's got, uh, the dog's dragging his butt, you know, with the anal glands. It was always something. It was always, whether, it could be the furnace one day. Bam. A couple hundred bucks. Bam. The car. Rotor. You know, whatever. It's, it's always like, what? Didn't we just do this? My wife and I would say that all the time. Didn't we just fix this? We didn't keep a diary. We didn't keep track of the car. You know, boom, rotor, boom, brakes, boom. It's like, what, what, wait, wait, we just, boom, your, your tire's out of alignment. What? Didn't we just do this? And we were always in such a haze. Of course, me more than my wife. You know, because so, I was so exhausted. I was working several jobs. My primary employer did not know that. But once upon a time, I was driving a tractor trailer and... Well, I might have been making soda deliveries. I don't know. I might have been making grocery deliveries. I can't remember. And I was also driving for two other uh, tractor-trailer driving firms. One, I was delivering empty Coke bottles. I would drive, uh, deliver empty Coke bottles to distribution centers. You know, bottling centers, Coke bottling centers. That was for Rightway, Rightway Express. Why am I giving them a plug? Who cares? And then another company I was working for was uh, um, Hogan. This is all illegal, folks. I was way over my DOT hours. And my bosses knew it. Not not my primary job boss, my secondary. They knew. They knew where I was coming from. They knew I was already working f- five days a week at another job. And they didn't care. They needed a body. They needed a truck driver. And I never wrecked. I never had an accident. So I was a good employee. But I would work seven days a week. I would work... Not only seven days a week. I remember bragging to a buddy of mine that uh, I was uh, 35 days in a row. I had the energy to do that. I also had what I thought was the poverty level to do that. I really remember those days. Uh, That wasn't a happy time. Uh, I never made enough money. So how did I get started on this? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. But the point is... uh, the only way to really make a lot of money is you got to make a lot of money. And you, or you got to really spend so much less. You got to ridiculously spend less. So if, if you're out there and you got a mortgage you're paying, try to pay it off. It, it can hurt. If you hurt yourself a little bit, you know, by paying extra, cut back on something. Eventually, when you get that mortgage paid, man, oh, isn't that fantastic? It's going to be a fantastic feeling. Because now you're going to have six, seven hundred, eight hundred, whatever it is, $1,000 a month, uh, you know. And it's going to give you so much freedom. I don't know how I got down this road. I would have to, I can't wait to listen to the show. And say, oh yeah, how did I get down that road? Anyway, folks, uh, Dave Canyon here. Welcome to the podcast. However you found it. Uh, pragmatism, truth, happiness, and the search for it all is the subtitle. Pragmatism, truth, happiness. Truth, happiness, and the search for it all. I'm always searching for it all. Whether it's uh, another way to being uh, more pragmatic or exploring my pragmatic, my, my pragmatism. Looking for happiness. I know the truth will always set you free. And, uh, you know, searching for it is half the fun. You know, that's part of life, the journey. 
once you get there, you're like, eh, maybe, huh? Maybe, maybe I remember now how uh, how I started this phone call, this uh, phone call, this conversation. Uh, one one of my dispatches just now asked me a question. He goes, "You excited? You know, you excited about having time off?" And I went, "Uh, eh, not really." And I did a show a couple of episodes ago, more than a couple of episodes ago. I did a show called "I'm Not a Miss You" type of guy because I had a buddy of mine who uh, who's a depleter. And uh, he said, uh, he said it to me in the past, but he said to me, hey, miss you, guy, miss you, man, miss you, bro. That's what he said, miss you, bro. And I'm like, uh, and I didn't want to say, well, I don't miss you, because, you know, that would hurt his feelings. But that would be a true statement. I don't, I don't miss people. I'm not a misser. I'm not a misser. I'm not a hitter, but I'm not a misser. I don't miss. And I'm like, ah, uh, well, we'll get to it. Uh, my buddy Stu, who's uh, long since passed, my racing dad, I kind of miss him, but not really. I, I like having him in my memory. In other words, uh, like if his daughters were listening, they would be heartbroken. What do you mean? You don't miss you don't miss your racing dad because it's their real dad. I was you know I was, I was the son he never had. It saved my life. I should tell you the story about it one day. It won't be today, but I'll, one day I, I think I have told you the story, but I'll, I'll tell it again one day. Guy took me to races all over the Northeast. If it wasn't for him, I don't think I ever would have seen a NASCAR race. Took me to the 1980-something Daytona 500. It was fantastic to see the Daytona 500 as a young boy. Oh, it was fantastic. Anyway, we took a plane down, too. We stayed at a hotel. It was good times. Wait, I wasn't that young because I remember I drove a rental car. I had to be at least 16 or 17 years old. Daytona. It was fantastic. So anyway, but he took me to local tracks younger, like, you know, in the Northeast. Daytona's down in Daytona, Florida. But I'm not a miss you type of guy. And then, uh, so my dispatcher says to me, you excited? I went, um, I did stop and think about it. I was actually on my way into the men's room because I like to take care of my business. I like I call it leaving a gift. I like to leave a gift for the city of Rensselaer. Let them handle it. I have a septic system. I don't, I don't need to bring the gifts back to me. I, I already have plenty of gifts. So what I do is I go into the men's room and I leave a gift for the city of Rensselaer. Let them take care of it. Um, yeah, so I'm not really... I don't get excited. So I said, uh, not really. Uh, I'm not excited about this uh, you know, the time off. I'm, uh, I'm okay with it. I don't really have anything spectacular to look forward to. Uh, so if somebody said to me, Hey, Dave, listen. When you get home today, get some sleep. And then when you wake up, give me a call. I, I know a place you can do uh, 50 laps uninterrupted at a, you know, on a go-kart. Uh, okay, that would be fun. Would I be excited about it? Um, I'd probably be more anxious about it because I, I haven't done it. I haven't, I haven't raced a go-kart in... Let me see, my son's 22. I haven't raced a go-kart in probably 15 to 19 years. And that was an indoor go-kart. It was a lot of fun. It was a special track up in Binghamton. Binghamton, New York. I don't remember the name of the track. It's out of business now. It's been out of business for a long time. These are indoor go-kart tracks. They don't seem to last too long. It's always like a good idea in somebody's head, but in theory, in practice, I, I think it doesn't work out too good. It's just too expensive uh, to run them, and it's too expensive for people to to, to, to ride them. You know, you got to be pretty wealthy to get onto an indoor go kart track. But uh, I, I would be more anxious because I haven't done it, and I'm not comfortable with it. And I, that made me think: What was the last thing I got excited about? 
And I got to tell you, I can't remember the last time I was excited about anything. Is that sad to you? Is that troubling to you? What was the last thing you were excited about? Can you remember? Like you went, oh, oh, that's great. Oh, I'm, or I, I mean, like that. that's if you heard somebody else. I, I mean, I do have a, a, a moment where I was elevated in my, in my joy. I was elevated. I'll tell you about that in a second. But excited? Maybe I should have asked him, what does he mean? Because now I'm so far removed. And by the way, this is why this show should be listened to by people between the ages of 15 and 25. Because I let go of the things in my life that brought me joy. A long time ago. Especially when I met my future wife. Who's my wife today. All of a sudden, it wasn't so important to have fun. It wasn't so important to be selfish. It wasn't so important... It, you know, to do anything. It was important to be with her. And it was important for her to be with me. But that was the wrong way to go about this romance. What I should have done is just kept on doing what I was doing. And then found found time for her when I could. And then we would get together or we wouldn't. In other words, permanently married. Or engaged or dating. But I went straight from whatever life I had straight into a relationship. And before you know it, months later, we're shacked up. Not exactly what I wanted to talk about five minutes ago, but we're, we're into it. So let's just roll with it. What was your romance like? That, 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 that's the, the serious one. What was your transition like from young adulthood, you know, old teenagehood, young adulthood, into the big commitment where you get married or you buy a house or... Did you still keep on doing those youthful things? Is that the way it works in America? I don't really know. I think in America, and I love this number because I use it all the time, I think 99% of people just immediately just drop what they're doing. Like, oh yeah, I don't do that no more. I don't play basketball with the guys no more. I don't go have fun anymore. Everything I do, I do with my my partner. And then we try to find other couples to do these partnered things with. Whether we swing, or whether we have dinner, or we go bowling, and then you know, and then you know, you see these movies and TV shows where the people who are single they feel like they're the odd man out or the odd person out. Should it be that way? But it is. It's weird. That's how what I did. I just like, oh, I'm in a, I'm in a relationship. Then I turned into my father. That took a couple of years of therapy to figure out. Maybe I don't remember, but I turned into my father. Work, 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 work. Anyway, I can't go down that road. I can't relive that. I mean, I, I, I would do it for you. I would relive it for you. You know, my, my father-in-law, my wife's father, uh, lost his uh, sweetheart, you know, when I took his daughter away. But I only took her like a few blocks down the road. I didn't take her to another state. I didn't take her upstate yet. She lived in Marine Park. And then we moved into another place in Marine Park. It was right in you know, the same community. Like five blocks down or something like that. Whatever. Nice apartment building. We didn't live in a dungeon. Anyway, so he would call every day, and I, I couldn't take. It. I said I got to show him that I, that I, he didn't like me either, which is crazy because I'm a great guy, a, a greatest son-in-law he he ever had, and he he ruined it. If my wife heard this podcast, she'd be very upset. Don't talk badly about my father because he recently passed. But the truth is, he didn't like me for whatever reason. It wasn't because he was anti-Semitic because he wasn't. 
great. I got a hair in my mouth. This is going to bother me now the whole episode. Ugh. I'm playing with my... Uh, if I continue to do this disgusting behavior, I'm going to have to pause this recording. Anyway, 16 minutes in. I want to get to something. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I just got right into work, work, work. I became my father. Work, work, work. And I would work seven days, 14 days, two jobs, three jobs. You know, delivering pizza, uh, driving a limo, stay, sleeping in the limo. You know, when the party, when the night party ended, I'd sleep in the limo, I'd wake up and I'd go to the airport. Ridiculous. 24, there's no DOT rules when it comes, there's no uh, rules about uh, logging, uh, there's no logging, no logs in limo driving. I drove a stretch limo. It's ridiculous. You bring a toothbrush and a toothpaste and yeah, you grow a little bit of a beard, but nobody cares. You're the chauffeur. Nobody's looking at you. You do, you do have to maintain an image, but nobody's really looking at you. They want the, they want the limo to be clean. That's, I work way too hard. And I wish my father had taught me something other than working hard. I wish he taught me how to, learn, how to live life. Yeah, I'm not going to go down the father road today. I don't like going down these roads anymore. That's part of the, this thing that I'm trying to do. To adjust my behavior. To adjust my tone. To adjust my thoughts. Try not to be so typical Dave. I still want to have a great show. Because I want to share with you stuff. It's a show about human behavior. It's not a show about my father and me. Because I know it's easy to say, oh yeah, every five episodes, Dave goes into a rant about his father. But everybody has a dad, almost. Everybody has a mom, almost. And we all have uncles. We all have brothers and sisters. And relationships. The bottom line is we all have relationships. A lot of them don't work. And when I heard that heavyweight show, it really made me think about things. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's very typical. Oh, I'm a cliche. Oh, I'm typical. And that bothered me. It doesn't really bother me that I'm typical or cliche. I'm fine with all that. I'm fine with telling bad daddy jokes, you know, and all that other stuff. I'm fine with being the guy with the, who still wears uh, the socks like from the White Shadow TV show. I'm, I'm fine with looking like a dork. I don't care. Well, my reaction, the, the, like the way I let it affect me, certain things, that bothers me. Um, anyway, so, I lost my train of thought. It doesn't matter. I hope you're enjoying the show. You enjoying the show so far? I hope so. Let's take a drink break. All right? If the button works, the button works. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Time for a drink break. Oh, that sounds really low. Time for a drink break. All right. Hey, Linda, if it's possible, can we make another one? Maybe a guy, or a guy and a girl, Emma and Harry, just real quick. Time for a drink break. Something a little bit louder than that. I, I, think, I'm the, I think I'm the problem. doesn't matter. I like, you know, listen, I love the, all these AI voices. That was, by the way, all the AI voices on the show are supplied by Linda from Awesome Insanity Surface. Thank you, Linda. All right, time for a drink break. That's what I just said. That was, that's what she just said, if you could hear it. Yeah, so anyway, it was just my behavior. Father, my father-in-law didn't like me, so I worked like a lunatic. That didn't serve me well, looking back. Oh, so this all comes from the whole thing about working. You know, uh, uh, how to make money. You, you got you to you either make a lot more or you got to pay a lot less. You can clip all the coupons you want. You can turn down the heat all you want. You can do all these things. It's not going to work. You can, you, you, can, you can bargain shop. You can buy all your clothes at Goodwill. It doesn't matter. You can eat rice and beans like Dave Ramsey says, the radio show host, the financial radio show host. Right? So you can do all those things. There's a lot of things you can do. You got to pay off a big chunk of money, a big debt, and you got to make more. 
That's the bottom line. That's how it worked for me. Anyway, I'm excited. Am I excited? No. I. When was the last time I got excited? It's been a long... I don't get excited anymore. I don't know when the last time you got excited. The last time I had an elevated uh, level of joy was a couple of weeks ago when Matt Neff from the Entrenito podcast, my first roommate from podcast Movement 17 in Anaheim, called me out of the blue. That brought me joy. Instantly I had joy. Ooh, here's a voice out of the blue. This is what I would like my friends to have been doing, to call me out of the blue and to, and to, and to share with me some joy. And I didn't know why he had called me, but I was so happy to hear from Matt. Because I have a memory of Matt helping me out tremendously at Podcast Movement 17 to being a, a pillar, a rock. I really appreciated being able to lean on him in a very difficult time in my life when I was at Podcast Movement 17. I was exhausted to no end, and he helped me out as much as he could. I really appreciated him doing that. I appreciated him uh, taking a chance of being my roommate. But anyway, but he called me out of the blue, and then when he told me why he called me, because he just completed an interview with this guy from Think Media. I think it was Sean Cannell. Think Media, a YouTube channel that I watch. The guy makes seven figures and Matt Neff thought of me. They finished the interview and then he thought of me. He just interviewed a guy on his podcast that does seven figures and then he thought of me. And he told, he, called, he, he could have just said, I'm gonna, I'll call David later or maybe I'll send him a text or maybe I'll just forget that I even thought of him. But I got to go edit the show because my show is the most important thing. But he didn't do that. He didn't come up with an excuse. He followed through and he, he called me. And out of the, I was so excited to see his name on my phone. I picked it up. I was excited. And then he tells me, I just interviewed Sean Cannell from Think Media. The guy makes seven figures a year. And you know what, Dave? You can too. I'm like, whoa. That was a real ego boost. But it wasn't just an ego boost. It was, wow, Matt Neff thinks I'm capable. And Matt Neff is not a god. He's not, what's the word, deity. He's, he's just a guy like me. He is a religious guy, but he's just a nice guy. But he, he sees in me the potential. And I don't get that a lot. I don't get a lot of people seeing potential in me. Pat Mason, uh, who's now a frequent commenter here on uh, Dumbing It Down With Dave, is, is uh, you know, he likes to inspire me. He believes in me. He believes in me way more than I do. But also there's a lot of things about the radio business that Pat doesn't know. But it doesn't matter. But what I think he doesn't know. What matters is how he feels. But he's, he's, he said some very nice things to me. But the truth is, the radio uh, industry, there's a lot of competition. There's hundreds and hundreds of guys who are way better than I am at doing whatever it is I think I'm doing. Way better. Way more polished. Way more professional. Now, if I did get hired by some, you know one of those networks and they gave me a producer to hone me to help hone me yeah I, I could be great I believe that is that is that uh, bragging it's not bragging I'm just I'm being hopeful yeah I could do it I'm being confident that's the one thing I could be confident about yeah I could do that because I, 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 I'm good with the program I, I've had two therapists that have said that to me so far if there's a program and Dave's in that program Dave will follow the program I'm, I'm obedient that way I will follow the program I will enhance the program. I will re- review the program. I will live the program. Now, when I say program, I don't mean TV show. I mean like, you know, like the 12-step or whatever it is. I would do it all. And I would hone it and hone it and hone it until I became an expert. So, that brought me joy. But I didn't know he was calling. 
Was I excited about it? Um, no, I don't. I, I don't know when the last time I felt excitement. I can't remember. I just can't remember. I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, I found out my wife uh, got her, a, a job. The very first uh, teaching uh, job interview she she's ever been on. She got the job. So I got out of the car. She came running out of the house to tell me she was jumping for joy. I jumped for joy. I was excited for her. Does that count? What's the difference whether it counts or not? But I wasn't excited for me. I was excited for her. Am I excited about going to Podcast Movement 19? Not really. Am I excited about helping my friend Emily sell her ticket that she couldn't sell? And we sold it at the very last minute. She was like ready to just eat the whole ticket and... I found her a buyer. Yeah, that brought me joy. I wouldn't say I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'll let you know, folks, if and when I ever feel excitement. One day, I hope to feel excitement again. I think I'm going to have... I think everything's going to change once I retire, once I transition into life. I think then and only then, I will feel excitement. But it does bother me. And I've noticed that over the years. I have said that to my wife. She realized that day I said to her, day after day... Where I work and work and work and work. Day after day, I'm further away. I get further and further away from the fun Dave that used to be. Dave that used to like to go bowling. Dave that used to like to whatever. You know, all these things that Dave was before I got married. And I'm not blaming this on marriage. I'm definitely blaming it on me. It's not the marriage that ruined me. I ruined me. Because I thought I had to be whatever I, th- I thought I had to be to be in this in this marriage. And that was basically my dad. And why I thought that that worked is, is, is ridiculous. It's so, it, it, it's so funny to me in a, in a non-funny way, in a most horrific, sad, depressing, depleting way. The fact that I was in a relationship, uh, a, a new relationship with this woman, you know, weeks in, months in, and my first thought was not to romance her, although I, I did think about it, my, my thought wasn't to keep on doing what I've been doing so far because it works well enough to attract a woman like my wife. So for some reason, it popped in my head. Oh, now things got to change. Now you got to become your dad and just work like a lunatic. And you got to get out of this apartment and get a house. But you're never going to be able to afford a house unless you work like a lunatic. And I did work like a lunatic. And, uh, you know, I don't remember having any a special uh, high money... Uh, to show for it. Uh, and all I know is I just started gaining weight, which they say is typical in an early relationship because you nest. But, um, ah, what can I tell you? So, excitement? I don't know. I'm looking forward to the day I go go-kart racing. I am looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the day I lose all this weight and I'm 200 pounds. I did enjoy the year of running. I did enjoy that. Was I excited about going down to Manhattan? To run? Uh, no. Uh, I do enjoy sometimes the car ride down. Sometimes I'll listen to a little jazz. Sometimes I'll listen to you know, like a little New York style, you know, fun jazz. Going down the Harlem River Drive or the, um, the uh, West Side Highway or, you know. Uh, sometimes I like, uh, you know, uh, classical. And I feel content. But to be excited... I gotta tell you, 56 years old. I don't know if I do excited anymore. I just don't know. I, I don't know when that'll be. I, I'd like it to be soon. <laughs> I'd like to be excited soon. I'd be like, yeah! Yeah, this is great. I'm so excited. This is gonna be great. 
Uh, I don't. I don't know when that's going to happen. Is that what it sounds like? Let's do it again. Because I, I even even in a fake way, it's it's almost it's almost gratifying. It's almost as if I'm faking my body to feel the way I would if I really was excited. Oh, yeah. wow, yeah, that's great. This is great. That's going to be great. Oh man, I'm so excited. Yeah, I guess that's how it sounds. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, well, I mean, uh, so, all right, somebody takes my 57 Chevy and restores it. All right, so now I'm driving home now. It's 7.25 in the morning. I drive home, and there's this beautiful 57 Chevy. Four-door, two-door, who cares? And I'm looking at it. It's all shiny and new, you know, like those TV shows where they do the makeover on the car. So I'm, I'm envisioning myself coming home. Wow. Wow, this looks great. You did this? Wow. Oh, this is the greatest TV show ever. Okay, there you go. I would be excited if somebody would restore my 57 Chevy while I'm not home. Wait, what are we doing? We're going go-kart racing? Really? At Poughkeepsie Speedway? I thought that close. Oh, you bought it? Oh, wow. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, there you go. See, go-kart racing. That would bring me joy. What? What? Drag racing? Ah, uh, no. I've never done I've never done that before. You got a car for me? You built it? You bought it? And it goes fast? I could drive it? Wow. That sounds great. Okay, there you go. You know. What do you got? Seeds from Monsanto? You want to plant tomatoes? I can't right now. I got to go drag racing. All right, guys. I'll see you in a couple of weeks or whatever. I'll see you next show. Right? Goodbye. Wait, wait. Where is it? Oh, it's too late already. Goodbye. Good day. Good night. Good luck. Good riddance. Godspeed. Good rats and great skills. Take care, folks. I'll see you next show. Bye. This holiday season, be sure to stop by your local grocery outlet for great deals on everything you need for entertaining your guests. This week, stock up on Frito-Lay party-sized chips. 10.5 to 18-ounce assorted varieties or buy two, get one free. At $7.98 for three, that's a wow savings of up to 50% versus traditional grocery stores. Limit three free. Also, get a great deal on San Pellegrino sparkling beverages. 24 packs of assorted varieties are just $9.99. That's also a savings of up to 50%. Offers good through December 24th. Grocery outlet, bargain market.